There's nothing like a good old-fashioned ghost story. Something that is just unexplainable and beyond words. Something you wouldn't believe unless you saw it yourself. Welcome back to the swamp, my friends, and welcome if you're new. Today I'm going to be sharing some creepy and downright scary unexplained horror stories sent in by viewers just like you. Now these viewers claim they have seen some downright strange and unexplainable beings, and I can attest, in my lifetime I have had some weird and unexplainable events myself. So these ones give me extra goosebumps when I read them. If you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, be sure to submit your story at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I would love to see all of your stories. Now, be sure to slap that like button, subscribe if you're new, and get ready for this creepy and allegedly true unexplained horror stories that'll freak you out tonight. The Devil in the Bathroom by Anonymous I was six years old. My older sister was nine. The year was 1982. My mom and dad went out somewhere that night and got us a babysitter. We lived in a tiny, two-story, two-bedroom apartment with one bathroom that was upstairs. Our babysitter was a teenage girl who lived two doors down. The babysitter kept us occupied. We were all coloring at the table. I had to go to the bathroom but was scared to go upstairs alone. I don't really remember ever being scared in that house before this day. I asked my sister if she would come with me to the bathroom. She said no because she was occupied coloring. I kept asking, almost begging her if she would go with me, but she kept saying no. Finally, the babysitter got sick of me asking, yelled at me, and told me to go to the bathroom alone because my sister did not want to go. I remember being so scared as I walked up those stairs alone. Before I knew it, I was standing on the top landing. The small hallway was dark, and so was the bathroom. I stood there on the landing, tilting my head in front of the doorway. The only part of my body entering the bathroom was my tiny hand to flip on the light switch as I stepped up to the last stair into the hallway. The lights were those horrible fluorescent tube lights that flickered for moments before coming on. As I flipped the light switch, the lights dimly turned on, flickering. At that moment, in the dim light, I saw it. The devil was sitting on the rim of the bathtub. It was what you would almost picture in your mind was a stereotypical-looking devil. It was red, had horns, and a tail. It sat there on the rim of the bathtub, motionless, silent, and we locked eyes for what seemed like an eternity. Honestly, I was petrified, and I couldn't move physically. The lights stayed flickering on a lot longer than they would usually. Finally, the devil was gone when the lights came on and fully illuminated the bathroom. I must have run back to the stairs after that, but I was so scared I don't remember. My sister remembers me running down the stairs yelling, The devil is in the bathroom! She said she remembers running up the stairs to the bathroom and moving the shower curtain around to see if there was anything there. The next thing I remember was my mom walking into the house and me running to her, telling her the devil was in the bathroom. But she didn't take me too seriously. So I ran outside to my dad. He picked me up and held me in his arms and I told him that I saw the devil in the bathroom. I remember him saying to me, I believe you. 
and that was the very first paranormal experience that I can remember. I think I saw the devil by Stewie Guy. This is my personal story of when I was about eight years old, visiting my grandpa and his housekeeper in the slums of Mexico. There is some backstory, and I want to describe the neighborhood where this occurs. My grandpa's house is an old red brick and cement single-story square house, with a road in front running parallel. This gray brick road has a cement walkway on each side, and similar-looking houses are in front and beside my grandpa's house. If you stand at the front door looking towards the road, across the street to the right side, there is an eight-foot-tall red brick wall and a giant mansion resembling the Alamo building. The windows are open archways with no glass. It is three stories tall, L-shaped, and is a corner house. It has been abandoned for quite some time, and my cousins have gone inside and had a scary encounter. I tagged along, but that is another story. I wake up late at night in the cot and look around the room. I feel wide awake as I look towards the fogged up window with the street light shining through. The urge to find my older brother, who is around 15 years old, who hangs out with his cool cousins on the left corner of the block, so I open the door and walk towards the front door. It's not locked, so I open it and step outside onto the sidewalk. There is the sound of a slightly busy city, but no one is on the street. The stars are out tonight. I feel excited and start running left in the middle of the brick road. I get closer to the corner store where my brother usually hangs out, but it looks closed. I stop, turn, and run back to my grandparents' house, thinking he may have gone the other way to the right of my grandpa's house. I get a little nervous as I pass my grandpa's house. I can see the giant brick gate of the mansion on my left-hand side. The road is dimly lit up with a warm yellow glow from the street lamps. The lights seem spaced out because there is a dark section as I walk. The road begins to go uphill. I see someone standing at the top of the hill in the center of the road. My eyes adjust as I get closer. It's the silhouette of a tall man wearing a large hat shaped like a flat mariachi hat. The figure is pitch black on the road, standing absolutely still. I see that it has glowing red eyes and it's staring deeply at me. I feel the evil radiating off this thing and believing that it was grinning at me. I turned around and run back towards my grandpa's house, close the door, jump in the bed, and fall asleep as soon as I lay down. I don't know if it was from shock or if I was really just that tired. I never told anybody about this encounter as I felt it would make everybody feel like I was weird or just seeing things. But after hearing many stories here in the swamp, I now believe that what I saw was likely the devil. What If by Nicole E. Hi, my name is Nicole, and I'm from a small country town in Arkansas. I won't name the city because it's a tiny town and everyone knows each other. I want to share a story with you that my grandmother told me that still makes the hairs on my neck stand up. 
It may not be terrifying to you, but knowing how this could have turned out makes me very nervous. My grandmother was a strong and independent lady. So, she wasn't distraught when my grandfather would leave town from time to time to work. They lived in a small house with only three bedrooms. The house was incredibly secluded, located in the backwoods of the area. This is my grandmother on my mother's side. My mother wasn't even born yet, and if this particular night turned out any differently, she may have never have been born. Well, this was a scorching day, and at the time my grandmother only had two oldest uncles and two aunts, who were small children. Usually, they would love to relax and sleep on the porch when it was boiling outside. On this particular night, my grandmother had made her sleeping place on the porch but decided to sit up for a while. When the kids were all finally asleep, she just sat in the corner of the porch enjoying the cool breeze and gazing at the stars. I remember my grandmother telling me she wasn't sure why, but she couldn't bring herself to get out of the chair and lay down that night. Sometime around midnight, she started to doze off and said to herself, Okay, let's get up from here and go to bed. Just then, she saw something rise over the porch, right where her head would have been if she was laying down sleeping. After sitting there momentarily, she just thought that she was tired and told herself, I was getting up in five minutes and going to sleep. A few minutes later, something raised again, but this time a little higher, and now towering over one of the kids. The thing was raised back down again before she could make out what it exactly was. Now, she was worried, but couldn't determine what it was. It was all black with a slender face. She continued to stay in the corner until she saw the thing slowly creeping up the steps, coming up on the porch. At this moment, she jumped up, and this thing jumped like it was shocked she was there. It bounced off the steps and ran around the house. My grandmother quickly awakened the children and went inside, ensuring all the windows and doors were closed and locked. My grandmother decided never to sleep outside again. She always wondered why she hadn't lied down that night. My grandmother never stayed up that late, and what would have happened if she had gone to sleep that night? Later in the week, my grandmother saw a man walking through her yard, saying he was hunting. This wasn't that strange back in Arkansas. Did I mention this was somewhere in the 1930s? The man told my grandmother a black panther was stalking him the other night while walking home through the woods. The man hopes to track the panther down and kill it before it kills him. These are pretty thick woods. The thing could be standing just feet away and you couldn't see it. My grandmother thinks that whatever raised over her porch that night coming to drag her off could have potentially been maybe that black panther. But whatever it was, it was terrifying and I'm glad it didn't get her. She lived to be over a hundred years old. And to the end of her days, she always wondered, what if? Unexplained Voices from Childhood by Space Yoda When I was a little kid, around seven or eight years old, I was running out my front door when I heard my grandmother's voice call out clear as day and angrily say, Jordan, come here. I was really confused, so I went back inside and looked upstairs for her and downstairs, but she was nowhere to be found. 
I looked in the garden out back and by the linen hangers in the side yard. I could not find her. Turns out she was at my neighbor's house getting a basket of seasonal fruit. I asked her if she had called me to the house just now and she said no, and she's been at Pete's the whole time. Later in the day, she left me and my older brother home alone while she ran some errands. He and I were outside playing catch in the front yard, and when we went inside, my room was completely turned upside down. Only my room, though. Everybody else's room was completely normal and untouched. My drawers were open and my clothes were tossed about. My closet doors were open and all the contents of my closet were strewn all over my floor. My bedding was yanked off the bed, and my little TV was not only static, but was playing some sort of weird melody. On my bed was a cup of water sitting perfectly upright and centered. I called my grandma thinking somebody broke in, but wondered why only my room would look the way it did. Anyway, she came home, helped me clean up, and reassured me that everything was fine. That evening, my brother and I were playing with my grandparents' webcam, since it had funny filters on it. One of them turned the saturation on high and the shadows were very prominent. My brother was acting out some sort of Star Wars thing and he disappeared into the shadows. As he did that, another shadow ran across the hall and into my room. He watched the video back and told me not to look unless I wanted nightmares. Needless to say, I was very freaked out. That's all I remember from when I was a kid but I still think about it a lot and wonder what it might have been. So if anybody has any thoughts on what this was, it would be greatly appreciated to know your thoughts in the comments. Grey Creature on the Road by Anonymous For context, I live in rural northwest Arkansas. I was in the back seat of a car riding through the woods this past December when I saw it. It was tall and walking on all fours, but its hind legs brought its rear up a good foot above its head. It was about as tall as a person. It was fragile and bony, but it looked like it had a grayish pale skin. It was walking just behind the tree line on the side of the road. The car was going about 40 miles per hour on a straight road, so I had a few solid seconds to look at the thing before we fully passed it. I knew it wasn't just an optical illusion. I saw the thing clear as day. My family said it might have been some sort of deer with chronic wasting disease, but it was much taller than any deer I have ever seen in the area, and its body wasn't shaped like a deer. It had a humanoid face that I can't quite describe other than it looking like a tiny human head, but with something kind of wrong with it, like sickly gray and emaciated. There were no antlers or anything, just a freaky face. Its mouth was hanging open agape, and it had solid black eyes. It was honestly terrifying, and it still makes me pretty freaked out. I've been trying to figure out what it may have been, but I haven't found anyone who's seen something matching that description. My closest guess was that it might be a wendigo or a skimwalker, so I decided to share this story here with the swamp to see if anybody might have an idea of what I had seen. Weird Story My Sister Told Me by Maggie A. 
My big sister just told me a story that I'm not sure how to process, but I believe her 100%. She was 15 years old, back in the late 80s or early 90s. One day, she walked into our suburban Michigan two-car garage home where there was only one car parked. As she turned the corner, there was a small white man, about three and a half feet tall standing there, looking directly at her. She froze, not understanding what she was seeing, when it said to her, Well, hello, young lady, then vanished in front of her eyes like it was never there. Completely freaked out and still not understanding what happened, she ran to our dad and told him. Naturally, he checked the garage and there was no evidence of anything out of the, the, out of the normal. My dad doesn't really believe in anything paranormal or supernatural. He's a total unrelenting skeptic. He just admitted that he believed her and that he remembers how incredibly mortified my sister was and mentioned that her story hadn't changed a bit in the 40 years since then. Had anyone ever heard of anything like this before? Like a small little white man who looked very similar to Gandalf the White with long white hair, parted down the middle, long white beard, and in some sort of robes or garb. I always believed in the paranormal, but this really solidified it. By Anonymous. 2009, I was interested in the paranormal, since I had many paranormal experiences growing up. I found a website that held ghost tours at the old Southwestern General Hospital. I was excited and ready to go on a ghost hunt. The group that held the ghost tour was named Ghost, or Ghost Hunters of South Texas. The group was professional, and they used many of the items that paranormal researchers used at the time. Before the tour, they showed us proof that they have captured in previous investigations while investigating the property. EVPs included a little boy saying, Play with me please, and a woman with a southern accent responding to questions. The woman is said to be in an old-time dress, and sometimes old-time nurse attire. After the tour, the group said they were having openings for new members, and the new members would be tested and would be considered and maybe being part of the new team. I was quick to join and try out. I made the team. The team would have private group ghost hunts, so we would have the building to ourselves. The third floor was used as a hospice type of area. The building has four floors. The first, second, and fourth floor were left abandoned, and they look like a scene out of a horror movie. Hospital beds lay in rooms dusty and unused. Many had dates from 1995 and before. I even found a death log that had many names and dates. The most active areas were the fourth and second floor. The fourth floor had a baby nursery, and many rooms that were once used for families that would be welcoming new babies. One EVP that was caught in that area was one of crying babies. At the time the EVP was caught, there were no babies in the building, and it was after midnight sometime when it was caught. Also on the fourth floor, there was a long hallway with empty patient rooms. In that hallway, shadows were always seen running or moving. The second floor was an old area. Also, many shadow figures were seen in this area. When doing research on the deaths in the building, I came up with what looked like to be a nurse who was crushed to death when a malfunction with the elevator happened years ago. 
During the time I was a part of this group, we investigated this building tons of times. I might even care to say maybe over a hundred. I also led ghost tours in the building with other members. I witnessed shadows, disembodied voices, screams, and one time heard a female humming a song only to find the room empty and dark. I've seen videos of doors opening on their own with no wind or people in the building. Also, the third floor had employees that would see things and hear things very often. Patients also complained of a kid running in their room or a man standing over their bed just looking at them, only to disappear. Over the years, I gained experience and loved what I did. As a group, we investigated many places such as schools, homes, and cemeteries in El Paso. We also got to investigate the old Asarco smelter before it was demolished several years later. I got to ghost hunt with people from Ghost Hunters and Ghost Hunters International. I met many celebrities and the group had them take their own personal ghost tours. It was fun and I grew a thick skin for fearing anything that goes bump in the dark. One of my favorite places to investigate was Southwestern General Hospital. I never believed in being followed home. One night after investigating, I was at my apartment eating on my couch and watching TV. I had my hallway light on near the front door that was visible from where I was sitting. Suddenly, from the corner of my eye, I saw a shadow of a person on the wall near the door. I turned and saw the shadow in full form. It was about six foot tall and completely black. Then, not even a second later, the shadow moved as if it was running down my hallway to my bedroom. I froze in horror thinking somebody was in my apartment. I got up and walked to my bedroom. Nobody was there. I searched the whole house up and down, and then I thought to myself, maybe I'm just going crazy. I soon went to bed a few minutes later. It was probably about 3.20 a.m. when I felt my bed shaking. I woke up to my sheets being pulled off me very slowly and deliberately. I tried to move, but I just could not. My sheets slid very slowly off me towards the floor. I could not move, and I started to hear growling in my right ear. From the corner of my eye, I could see something moving near my head on the right of me. It was on my pillow. I could only see from the peripheral vision that it had hair. It was hairy and brown. If I could compare it to something, I would say Chewbacca from Star Wars type hair. It was moving, very slowly, but obviously very deliberately. It was growling as well. My eyes started to water up with tears. I tried to move my arm, but I just couldn't. I could only move my fingers. The blanket was still being pulled off me little by little until it hit the floor and I was no longer covered by my sheet. I felt the hairy thing moving right next to me and the growling grew louder. Then suddenly, I was able to sit up and I turned and looked to see what was there next to me. The hairy thing was gone, but I could see the imprint of where it had sat right next to me just a moment ago. It was the size of a full-grown cat. Then I looked around the room to gather my sanity. I don't own a cat. My sheet was on the floor, and my eyes were still watery. I asked myself, maybe it was just sleep paralysis. I found it hard to sleep that night, since I lived alone in that apartment. The next day I had a girl over to my apartment. I was seeing her from school. I was playing PlayStation and she asked if she could take a nap in my bed. I said, of course. She went to my bed and fell asleep. Around 20 minutes later, she suddenly came back to my living room in tears. She said, uh, I have to leave now. I asked her what was happening and what was wrong. 
What she said shocked me. She said that something shook the bed and woke her up. She could not move, and then something was growling and started getting close to her ear. Then the bed went down as if somebody lied down next to her. She tried to scream for me and could not. Then she felt as if somebody was breathing on her neck as the growling grew louder. She said it lasted about two minutes, and then she was finally able to move. Once she was able to move, she ran to me in the living room. After she explained this, I grabbed her stuff and helped her leave. I did not tell her what happened to me the night before, but I had that same exact experience, and what happened to her was enough proof that something was not right. I could not explain what was happening. First thing that came to mind that something probably followed me home from the hospital. After a few days, all the activity suddenly stopped. Only when I would go in on investigations, I would see shadows in my apartment, and then they would just go away. I loved what I did, and the only time I feared the paranormal was this moment. I no longer ghost hunt, and the group no longer gets together. Southwest General Hospital was purchased and is now remodeled and is in use. I can only imagine what the employees of the LTAC go through by being in that building. Every now and then I drive down Cotton and pass the building. I miss the days of being part of Ghost El Paso. If you are ever in El Paso after stopping by at Chico's Tacos, be sure to pass by the old building by the Star on the Mountain formerly known as Southwest General Hospital. A Skeptic Turned Believer by Anonymous I would like to start by saying that while I am interested in the paranormal, I tend to be skeptical and prefer to think things out rationally before dismissing every little thing as a ghost or the like. This experience, however, has no logical explanation I can think of. I am new here, and as well, I apologize in advance if I'm not doing this correctly. So, let's get into this. I was 17 and it was mid-October, nearing Halloween. My family had gone to a small, rural town to meet up with some good friends. We were going to get dinner and catch up for old times' sake as my siblings and I had grown up with the children of the other families. After dinner, the parents stayed at the bar drinking, and those of us who were not of legal drinking age were starting to get a little bored. That is when one of my friends brought up the local cemetery. Apparently, there is a cemetery in this town that is said to be haunted. I'm pretty positive that some ghost hunter paranormal type show did an episode about it or something, but the legends are said to have been around since before that. The story goes that a group of teenage boys were wandering into the graveyard one Halloween night with the intention of causing trouble and maybe stirring up some spooky ghost action in celebration of Halloween. After messing around for a while with no unexplained phenomena, they decided to sit in on top of the mausoleum which is basically just a big tomb built up around a coffin instead of burying it in the ground. They were about to call it quits and head home when suddenly, unseen hands seemed to push one of the boys off the top of the tomb and into the ground. All the boys were obviously scared and hightailed out of there, all of them feeling an eerie, ominous energy following them around for weeks after the incident. There have also been numerous reports of orbs, headstones inexplicably moving, or disappearing altogether. Ghostly apparitions, inscriptions being changed, flashes of light, strange noises, the whole works. I, of course, was more than excited to check it out. 
We arrived at the cemetery well after dark, and one of my girlfriends, we will call her Emma, and I were the only two brave ones enough to go in. We hopped right out of the car, careful to be as inconspicuous as we could since we did not want the police showing up and ruining our ghost hunting experience. We headed toward the entrance. It was chilly and a bit windy, as autumn in Wisconsin tends to be. We gripped each other's hands and started down the gravel path. As soon as we passed the fence that surrounded the plot of land, everything seemed to get very still and very quiet. We could not even hear the wind anymore, which was strange as it had been breezy as we got out of the car. It was so silent that even whispering in our steps in the gravel seemed, pun absolutely not intended, loud enough to wake the dead. Though there were no lights in or near the cemetery, there was enough moonlight filtering through the clouds to allow us to see well. We soon realized we had no idea where the fabled haunted mausoleum was, but kept walking anyway. We made a random left turn, and lo and behold, there it was, about 30 yards or so in front of us. Surprisingly, we had great luck, right? I don't think so. As we approached, I began to feel almost an electric sort of energy in my fingers and hands, but I wrote this off as just nerves or something due to breaking the law. We reached the tomb, and this thing is absolutely huge. It was easily twice my height, at the very least, and made of weathered gray stone with moss and lichen growing sparsely on it. We stare at it for a moment, and Emma whispers, You should touch it. Being the big bad ghost hunter I am, I oblige. There is really nothing remarkable about the cool roughness of the stone, so I decide to take it a step further and hop up to sit up on the lip of the curved top of the thing. Again, nothing happens, so I jokingly whisper shout, If there's anyone here, any spirits or anything, come on out. After listening in silence for a second or two, I think, F it, and make my way to the very top where the kid is rumored to have been pushed off by ghostly hands. I have Emma snap a photo or two of me before climbing back down. Slightly disappointed by the lack of spooky encounters, we agree to head out and are about to do just that when we see a pair of headlights slowly creeping down the road that borders one side of the graveyard. We immediately assume someone noticed us and called the cops, so we crouch down behind some bushes with the mausoleum directly to our left. Both of us are completely silent except for our breathing as we watch the vehicle slowly make its way down the street. I am watching its taillights turn the corner when I hear a low, creepy, menacing laugh coming from right behind me. It sounded so strange, like it was a few feet away but also right in my ear at the same time. I'm freaked out, and I'm about to chalk it up to adrenaline-induced hallucination, when Emma, who is standing to my left, whispers, Hey... Did you hear that? My blood ran cold as I slowly nod a silent. Yes, I did. I cautiously turn my head to one direction and try to see if I can hear it. I kid you not. I didn't hear anything, but what I did see was a dark figure stand up from behind one of the headstones not ten feet away from us. I scream bloody murder and somehow end up on the ground as the next thing I know, Emma is pulling at my arm, shouting, We have to run! We need to get out of here! Come on! I let her pull me to my feet and lead me blindly by the hand. We are full out sprinting, tripping over gravestones and plants and who knows what else in the dark. We cannot even find the exit in our panic, 
We finally reach a gap in the fence and I can feel the tears streaming down my face as I run for my life down the middle of the road, not even paying attention to the oncoming headlights until I nearly run into them. Luckily, it was the car containing the rest of our friends, and we rip the door open and throw ourselves inside screaming, Go! Go! Please just drive! Before we even bothered to sit in an actual seat or shut the door. I cannot for the life of me remember who was driving, but I think our panic and terror shook them enough that they did exactly what we asked of them and sped away back to the bar. They kept asking us what happened and if we were okay, but we would not calm down enough to answer them until we were back inside the bar and sat down. Still shaking and out of breath, we recounted our story to all of them, drunk parents included. I think a lot of them were skeptical, and honestly, I would have been too if I had not experienced it myself. In the weeks that followed, I felt the same eerie energy the boys in the legend described hanging over my head. Personally, I attribute it more to paranoia after being scared out of my mind by something I could not actually see, but it made me feel uneasy nonetheless. It has been a few years since this happened and I still cannot think of a single, logical explanation for what actually happened that night. While I have no idea how credible anyone else's reported experiences on this show are, I know we were without a doubt the only people in that graveyard, or even on the streets for that matter, and we would have heard someone trying to sneak up on us. The sound of that laugh was so unnatural. I cannot get it out of my head. Even now, I have never been more scared than I was that night. And I now know what people mean when they talk about not being able to fully believe in the paranormal until you have experienced it firsthand. Anyway, I just thought I would share this experience with you. I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for listening to these creepy and allegedly true and unexplained paranormal supernatural horror stories that'll freak you out tonight. Honestly, these were some fun stories to share, and I'm really excited I got to get a bunch of these together for you. As always, if you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, be sure to submit your story at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I would love to see your story and potentially share it in a future episode. If you enjoyed these stories, please be sure to hit that like button as it helps me out a ton. The more likes this episode gets, the more YouTube promotes it to fresh new eyes, and that helps us grow our ever-expanding waters. Be sure to join the swamp if you haven't, subscribe, and turn on notifications as I upload multiple videos almost every single day, and all things natural and supernatural. If you're on the go but don't have YouTube Premium, but still want to download and listen to your favorite Swamp Dweller scary stories no matter where you are, you can download them absolutely free from Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and pretty much everywhere else you find your favorite podcast online. Thank you guys so much for supporting The Swamp the way you do. I'd love to know in the comments down below what story was your favorite tonight. Don't forget to join me over on X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it, Facebook, Instagram, all that fun stuff. And I'll see you all soon with another creepy episode.